Hello, my beautiful, wonderful, amazing listeners. I hope you are all good and welcome back to another episode of the Lift Your Life podcast. It is a beautiful sunny day today. It is Monday, the 14th of March, and the sun is shining and it actually got light at about 6 a.m. this morning and it's just, oh, it's lovely. Happier, brighter days are coming. And when you look outside and you see that sunshine, it really just, just makes you feel better, doesn't it? Even though the world right now is a little bit doom and gloom all around again (laughs) just feels like constant doom and gloom doesn't it over it has done over the last few years but when you see that it really does make a difference um so i'm ready for some sunshine i'm sure you guys are as well some hot some nice weather where we don't have to just wrap up in a million gazillion layers each and every single day i thought i'd start this podcast though with before we move on to today's topic with just a little bit of an update on myself and my prep. So if you follow me over on Instagram and you've been following my YouTube as well, you'll have a pretty good idea as to what's been going on. But for anyone who either hasn't or is new around here, just for a little bit of context, I am nine weeks out, well just short of nine weeks out now from a photo shoot. Um, I decided to do this photo shoot because in January I took a break from coaching for a month, thought that was the right decision for me, realised that not having a goal and not having a focus was actually more damaging for my mental health. So I had conversations with my coach, went back and said, look, we need to carry on working together. I do, I, I enjoy being coached. So that wasn't the problem here. And I need a goal. I really need something to focus and work towards. And I realized that I actually qualified to get a photo shoot um, with the one that I booked for my clients. So I thought, well, let's do a photo shoot because I don't want to prep this year. There's, there's no, there's no nothing about me that wants to prep for a bodybuilding show this year. I'm not ready. I've not had the building time. I didn't want to hover where I was because I was still feeling quite uncomfortable in my body. So I thought, yeah, let's do a photo shoot prep. So we started that at, I want to say 14, 15 weeks out. So we're a good sort of six, seven weeks in now, I want to say. And it's been pretty, it, Say it, I was going to say it's been pretty smooth. It's been all over the shop, to be honest. So um, this last week in particular has been absolutely nuts. So over the last few weeks, what's happened really is the first decision I made was to go onto a meal plan rather than macros. I've always done macros um, for every single diet or building phase I've ever done. I have always, always, always tracked my macros. And in the past, if I'm being 100% honest, I've never been a complete twat when it comes to macros. Like I've not tracked in like crisps and biscuits and dominoes, but the choices I've made could always be better. Like I was looking back at my Instagram highlights the other day and thinking, yeah, I, I wouldn't have made those choices now with my macros. So the first reason was I wanted to have that choice taken away so that my decisions were very were much, were much more optimal from a perspective of building and retaining muscle and energy and training performance the things that do really really matter and I just didn't want the stress and thinking about it to be honest when I've got really busy days of work and a lot going on which I do in my personal life as well I didn't want to um have the you know oh does this fit my macros and as we get deeper into the prep as well, I didn't want to know my calories and macros because I do, well, I think everyone does hold a bit of an attachment to certain numbers. And when you reach that threshold of X amount of calories, you automatically go into the, oh shit, I'm only on this amount of calories. I'm going to feel bad. And if I don't know, then I can't feel like that. I can probably guess, but I'm, I'm not going to work out my calories and macros till the prep is done. So that was the first thing we did, um, which has worked really, really well. I was happy with all of the meals. It wasn't massively different to what I was already doing. Then my body just started to feel a little bit tired in training sessions. I just couldn't focus. I was like, right, I feel like I might need a deload because I've not had a a structured formal deload in a good few months. So took a few days off, went back in, still didn't feel any better at all. 
And the digestive issues that I have been having over like the last few months, basically just a peak to head over the last sort of week or two, left me feeling quite poorly. So I've been taking a week off, um, I've taken a week off um, my usual diet following a very, very basic elimination diet to try and improve my digestion. That's what I've been doing this last week. And it's, it's definitely helped because I've seen a shit ton of inflammation drop off. Um, over the last two weeks, I think I'm down about five pounds, which for me is a lot. I don't drop big amounts of weight at all. So I was like, whoa. And I've seen it in my physique massively. Like leggings that fit me comfortably are like hanging off. And it's just like, wow, okay, I look totally different. But the issues still aren't really sorted. I'm still having upset. So that's kind of what we're focusing in on right now. That is going to be our main focus alongside, obviously, prepping, is to make sure that we are bringing down a lot of stress and making sure that we get that that element of things sorted because it's really starting to take a hit. Like, I've been feeling so just not good in my training sessions. Like, my focus is back, but I'm feeling so weak. All of my numbers are regressing. And at this point in a prep, you should not be seeing that. I should not be seeing strength drop off the way it is with the calories that I'm on and how far out I am away from from the shoot still so that's I guess kind of where I'm at and the other real big update was that I was originally going to have if you listen to the podcast a few episodes ago about did I do it on the podcast no I did it on YouTube I did it on YouTube and I basically explained how this prep was going to be different to the last time I did a shoot and one huge variable that was going to be different was that I think five weeks out, so in just about three or four weeks from now, I was going to be going to Disneyland for three days. Now, due to a change in circumstances, um, I'm no longer going, so I am going, but not till October, so that's not going to be in the middle of the prep anymore, and I'm obviously really gutted that I'm not going now because I was buzzing for a holiday. Um, I am going to try and find something for myself in sort of June time anyway, but I was so excited and ready for some time away. Um, but I did have a lot of anxiety about being on a prep, being only five weeks out and then having to go on holiday, not having to go on holiday, but going on holiday because I'd be going from being meticulous AF with all of my meals and my steps and my cardio to basically having free reign and yeah, I wouldn't have gone crazy by any means, but at the same time, when you're on holiday in places like Disneyland, you want to be able to have the, you know, the Mickey Mouse biscuits and, and stuff like that. Like, I was looking at the, their Instagram pages, and they had so many bits of nice food. I was like, I'm going to have to pull back, and, you know, what if I come back off the, the holiday, and I'm, like, 10 pounds heavier, or, you know, it was just all these sort of worries, and now I don't have that, and that means now I can go later on in the year and just enjoy all the food, and it's going to be epic. But that's where we're at. Um, am I feeling on track. I mean, after the physique changes that I've had this week, yeah, I really, really do. I feel like within nine weeks, we can really, really, you know, get into into good shape. But it's just a case of getting these digestive issues under wrap because they're causing me so much ag and I can, I'm like, I'm not training properly. And yeah, it's not ideal. But this lends itself very, very nicely onto today's topic of discussion, which is all about the rise in popularity in bodybuilding amongst, you know, fitness influencers and coaches and the impact that it's having on people who are internalizing watching their preps. So what I mean by this is we are starting to see bodybuilding become more popular, which is awesome. You know, I, you know me, I love bodybuilding. I do it myself. I think it's epic. I think it's awesome. I absolutely love it inside out. And it's becoming a much more popular sport. And what we are seeing now, though, is, you know, high-end coaches or people who are quote-unquote like fitness influencers, people who a lot of people follow for what they do in terms of their business, 
doing bodybuilding. And the kind of issue lies in the fact that even for myself, people like myself and a couple of names are coming to mind uh, of coaches who are like myself, who we preach, you know, flexible dieting, making it a lifestyle. And what we do with bodybuilding kind of contradicts that. And I, I I do have those thoughts sometimes that what I'm doing as a bodybuilder really conflicts what I'm kind of preaching to the world and what I'm getting my clients to do. But I always do try and, you know, promote that this is what I do. This is not sustainable. And when I am in my off seasons, I am more relaxed about things. And this is not how I expect or want my clients to live their lives. But even though I put that message out there and even though other coaches put that message out there, I do wonder if people do watch what it is that I do and how it is that I do things and how, you know, people who are prepping do things and think, do I need to be going to these lengths in order to get the results that I want? Is what I'm doing enough? Am I working hard enough? Is this the right approach for me? And I completely get it because when I first got into fitness, um, so I first started dieting, I had a coach myself and she actually did bodybuilding herself. Um, but the way that she taught me things was not about, um, you know, she didn't teach me to, to eat like a bodybuilder or train like a bodybuilder. She taught me the things that I did have crossover with bodybuilding that massively helped with my journey, but also what I didn't need to do, what was not necessary. So the aim of this podcast basically is to share with you what things that I do as a bodybuilder when dieting um, and I guess building muscle as well, that if you are wanting to get in great shape, you can take away from and, you know, see what I do and think, yeah, I, I can do that as well and I should be doing that. But the things that you don't need to do and the things that I really would not advise that you do because it's not necessary, it's probably not healthy for your physical or mental health unless you obviously want to do bodybuilding. So let's get into it, shall we? So there's quite a few bullet points that I've done um, based off actually a live that I did on my Instagram the other day. I did a live with, um, she's called Emily Jane Coaching um, over on Instagram. And we basically kind of covered this topic, but I wanted to delve into it a little bit more on the podcast and reach out to you guys more because I appreciate not everyone wants to like just sit and watch an Instagram live. Whereas with a podcast, at least you can be doing your cardio while your steps are on your drive to work or what have you. So The first thing realistically that you probably see people who are bodybuilders doing is eating multiple meals throughout the day. So not your standard breakfast, lunch and dinner and maybe snacks um, and having protein with all of their meals. That's probably what you do see. That's one of the most common things. Now, in terms of having protein with every meal, do I think that's something that you should be doing? Yes, I really, really do. And it's something that I do promote for the majority of my clients, whether they have goals of strength and building muscle or not. Having protein with all of your meals is going to be so, so beneficial. Protein isn't just about building muscle, but if you do have goals related to physique in terms of building lean muscle tissue, then for sure, you want to make sure that you are having protein spread across your day um, evenly. And, you know, probably the best way to do that is to have it with every single meal. But it's also going to help with satiety. So if you are in a calorie deficit, protein is your most filling of your macronutrients. So again, spreading that across your day is just going to help keep you fuller for longer. But it's also the benefits of protein that go beyond um, just muscle. So it's looking at things such as the impact it can have on our health and our skin, hair and nails. There is so much more benefit to protein than just looking good. So that is something that I would take away from is increasing your protein intake, um, having it with your meals. But you do need to eat five meals a day or six meals a day or whatever you're seeing us lot doing. The answer is no, you really, really don't. 
um, at all. You need to follow an approach to dieting and an approach to eating that suits your routine and your habits and your lifestyle. So if you, you know, you can't eat those amount of meals because of your job, well, then you can't eat those kind of meals because of your job. If you've always eaten breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks, and that's worked well for you, and that's your routine, and that's how you that's how you work, that's fine. But what I would suggest um, for anyone is to make sure that you do eat three good solid meals a day. Um, doesn't really matter when they are. You know, you don't have to have breakfast first, first thing, and a couple of snacks as well. Just don't go long periods of time without eating, and that is one thing that you can take away from bodybuilding, is that we don't go long periods of time without eating. Even in a calorie deficit, we are keeping, you know, feedings consistent. And that means we don't go for huge amounts of time. And you'll know yourself, when you go for hours and hours and hours without food, you start to feel tired, you start to feel lethargic, grumpy, hungry, really food focused. And the fact of the matter is the choices that you do make after that long amount of food aren't great. And the cho- and that time between as well, you feel really, really crap and grumpy. So again, regular food timings will really help even if you're not massively hungry it will keep your energy levels up and your mood motivation focus productivity remember that food is fuel you know even in a deficit food is fuel for your day-to-day functioning so that's one thing that you can take away is that you know regular eating is not a bad thing but you don't have to make it full-blown meals if that makes sense. So the next question is, well, not question, the next topic is about full-blown macros rather than just protein. Now, obviously bodybuilders do track their macros. I don't actually know, I don't think I know any bodybuilder who just does protein and calories. I think every bodybuilder I know does the full-blown macros. And the reason being is that different macros have different benefits in different proportions. And with bodybuilding, you want to be prioritizing protein and probably carbohydrates because those are the ones that are going to build muscle and keep you you fueled for your training sessions and keep your muscles full um fats do have their place but they aren't as essential now when you are doing a performance-based sport so bodybuilding or any other things like powerlifting and um, strongman the macro split does matter um, because the amount of carbs that you want to fuel recovery and training and these sort of things really do matter. But realistically, do you need to track macros to get in good shape? Or can you do it with just calories and protein? You can you can just do it with calories and protein because ultimately calories are your overarching king in the respect that it's energy balance of calories in versus calories out. So as long as you've got that energy balance nailed, you will be fine. And like I previously mentioned, the benefits of protein. So yes, if you want to track carbs and fats, go for it if you want to. But I've had multiple discussions with clients who've done the full macros and they're just getting confused. And I said, look, let's just take that stress and confusion away of you being trying to, you know, fit things in and it's just becoming overwhelming because realistically, it doesn't massively matter. Now, when I say it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter to the gram, but there are certain things that I would do and just be mindful of when it comes to your carb and fat intake is that I wouldn't have all carbs and no fats or all fats and no carbs. I would be mindful of how much fat you are having. One, loads and loads and loads of dietary fat is probably going to make you extremely sluggish and probably not really keep you that full because the calories per gram of fat are nine per opposed to carbohydrates which are four so if you think about that from a food volume perspective think about like a teaspoon of oil right it's fat, um teaspoon of oil is like 50 calories and you wouldn't even notice that was gone whereas um you know like a tablespoon of well like a slice of toast for example is about 80 calories and it's a bit more but you can see the difference in terms of in terms of volume so that's going to keep you fuller 
And what you do need to remember as a female, particularly as well, is that we do need diet, well, even males actually as well, is that fats are the building blocks of hormones. So if you're not getting a good amount of essential healthy fats in, it can have a real detriment on your hormones, especially as your body fat levels do get lower. So including at least one or two dietary fat sources, which are healthy. So by dietary fat, I don't just mean fat coming from things like, you know, a chocolate bar or chocolate biscuits. I'm talking about things like nuts, seeds, avocados, red meats, eggs, peanut butter, dark chocolate, those sort of things um, is really, really, really important. So making sure you're having some of those. And if you are wanting to give your training sessions everything, making sure that you're prioritizing carbohydrates around your training. So you've probably seen as bodybuilders having things like cream of rice and chicken and rice and stuff pre-workout and then post-workout you'll see things like oats and cereal. That's because we're prioritizing our carbs for training performance and training recovery. So even if you're not necessarily bothered about being optimal when it comes to your training performance, you want to be able to train well. You don't want to go into a training session already feeling sluggish just because of the food choices you've made. You know, you've already got other things going on in life that can impact your training, such as your sleep and just how busy work's been. And if you then go and eat something which makes you feel worse, you're already just screwing it for yourself before you've started. So you don't have to consider nutrient timing to the extent that we do, but just making sure that the foods that you eat pre-workout actually give you some energy and you digest it well. And the foods that you eat post-workout, again, are, you don't just sit there feeling sluggish. It's good acting carbohydrates that just refuel you, recharge your batteries because you've depleted them basically. So that's macros really. You don't need to track them, but I think a good understanding of them and consideration of them is key. And that's why I do educate my clients on macros. I talk to them about macros so that they have the understanding of the functions of them and the benefits behind them. Um, so the next thing coming off the back of that is about sort of the whole food um, balance between you know whole foods and just eating what you want. So with bodybuilding, you will probably see that most of the diet realistically comes from whole foods. There's very few things typically within a standard bodybuilding diet which aren't a whole food. I think what I can think of off the top of my head is cereal, because obviously there's a few ingredients within a cereal. Um, Bread-based products, so things like bagels and wraps, and squares bar seems to be a very common one as well. But the majority of food is whole single ingredient foods that you see in a bodybuilding diet. Um, Do you need to be doing this as well? Does it your whole diet need to come from whole foods? I would say absolutely not, unless that's what you enjoy. But I do think that with just a general day-to-day diet, you've got so much more scope for flexibility and I would actually advocate that. I typically say, and most people will typically say about 80-20, so 80% from whole foods, 20% whatever the hell you want. And as a loose rule of thumb, I think that's great. I really, really do because... Whole foods are going to make you feel better. Inevitably, you know, you digest and process them better. You're going to look better if you're eating your diet from whole foods. There's a reason why we say it. You know, it's where your vitamins and minerals come from. um, And it will keep you fuller for longer and just sit with you better. So that's why I would always suggest that. And then 20% of just having what the hell you want just so you can enjoy your diet and it's not boring. So cereal bars, chocolates, alcohol, crisps ice creams, whatever the hell that floats your boat that just makes your diet a bit better and more exciting and easier for you to adhere to. I would do that. And I've always been quite flexible up until this year where I've been a bit more disciplined in terms of really wanting to optimize things. I've always dieted quite flexibly. I prioritized whole foods, but I've, when, especially when before I even got into like looking to compete, I was really flexible. So I'd be having things like, you know, low calorie ice creams and protein bars and protein foods and um, different cereals and absolutely all sorts and 
it just made me be able to stick with my diet and actually stay consistent at it for the first time because I really enjoyed what I was eating. The first diet plan that I got given, I, I couldn't stick to. It was all whole foods. And I'd gone from having basically eating shit because I worked in fast food and just ate the food there to then whole foods and I just couldn't stick to it. But when I actually struck that balance in between of getting most of my food from the good foods and then having that bit of flexibility, it was awesome. I felt amazing. I felt so much stronger. I could see changes in my body, but I didn't feel deprived and restricted either. So as they do say, the best diet to have is the one that you can stick with. Um, but I do think there has to be a bit of a bit of a balance. I think that you do want to be prioritizing your whole foods the way that we do. But I think you guys, if you aren't wanting to be a bodybuilder, have so much scope for more flexibility. And ultimately, if that little bit more flexibility gives you the, you know, allows you to stick to the diet and enjoy it, then freaking go for it. Honestly, go for it. And remember, everyone's balance will be different. Some people will be fine with an 80-20. Some people just need 90-10. Some people might need 70-30. But as long as the majority is from Whole Foods, you really are good to go. I guess that girl that lends itself on to the extent of tracking. Um, so with bodybuilding, bodybuilders track everything when it comes to um, you know the foods they eat. If they're not on a meal plan, that is. So when I first did my first ever prep, before that, I was very, very loose with my tracking. So I track all of my big things, but things like veg and like if I've got a Diet Coke or like a Volvic, Volvic, throwback to Volvic. I haven't had a Volvic in ages, by the way, actually. So you should be mega proud. I wouldn't track, it's like, oh, it's eight calories. Like, just forget it, you know, I'm not bothered. But I'll track my chicken and my rice and my oats and things like that. So when I went into my first prep, I got told to track every goddamn thing. So even if it was like a four calorie bottle of water, it gets tracked in. And that's because with bodybuilding, controlling every variable to the nth degree is a part of it. You know, controlling everything from your steps to your sleep to your exact, everything just wants to be meticulous. So you have to track everything. But whereas with lifestyle, do I think that you need to track everything? And do I advocate tracking everything with my lifestyle clients? Absolutely not, because there is no need. That's what can create quite an unhealthy relationship with calorie counting, where it becomes this, you must do this and you have to do this. And it's quite obsessive and addictive where it shouldn't be like that. At the end of the day, calorie tracking is just to allow you to know that you are eating to your body's needs and it shouldn't be a negative process. But I do think that tracking everything really does take the fun away from it and then you start to worry and panic about things like can I fit this bottle of water for Christ's sake into my my calories and macros so you really don't need to and what I actually have on my client nutrition guides is things that I actually don't want you to track so I have things on there like you know really low calorie sources and leafy veg and bottle of volvic water because realistically we don't need to track those things if they're consistent i would only ever get a client to track those things maybe if they were close to like a photo shoot prep or if we just weren't seeing fat loss for whatever reason sometimes those little things can add up but it's a very rare situation that that is the case um and there just really is no need to be as meticulous at all I managed to get in great shape and lose weight twice um, in two cups that I did um, dieting um, prior to bodybuilding and I didn't track everything. The next thing that I want to discuss is kind of moving away from foods because I feel like that's covered everything from food side of things as to what we do. But I wanted to talk a bit more about sort of like the training and the steps and the cardio, those sort of things as well. So realistically what we do in terms of you know steps and cardio it is just to create that negative energy deficit with a bodybuilding prep you will typically see the extremities of these be higher so higher steps than you probably do 
greater amounts of cardio than you do. And the reason being is that typically with a bodybuilding prep, there is a very, very short time frame to get in shape for. So you are kind of having to not, well, it is kind of like a crash diet, really, you know, kind of rush the process. And ultimately, you have to push your body into a place it doesn't want to get to. You know, it's not just a standard diet where your body gets, you know, nice and lean. It's pushing it beyond where it wants to be. So you have to go beyond what your body would want to do, which means doing pretty extreme things like a lot of steps and a lot of cardio to create that significant energy deficit. And as you get leaner, it is harder to, to lose weight. So you do obviously then have to go to bigger extremes, lower lower calories, more cardio. Now, in terms of general fat loss, do these principles apply? Absolutely. You know, you have to create that energy deficit. And as you get leaner, you do have to do things to create a bigger energy deficit because your body will adapt, your your basal metabolic rate will go down. So you need to create a bigger deficit through maybe dropping calories, increasing output, um, so through your cardio or your steps. But the extent that you do that to does not need to be as extreme because for most people, there isn't a rush unless you are dieting for something like a shoot or a holiday. You know, you want to get there ASAP, but the reason you must be there for this time because this is when you're getting judged on goddamn stage. And there probably isn't the need to go quite as aggressive. You know, you, your calories shouldn't be getting crazy low. Your steps probably shouldn't be getting crazy high and, you know, your cardio crazy high. You know, they may have to increase in order to continue to see things moving, absolutely. But they should not be going to, you know, hours of cardio every single day and sub a thousand calories absolutely not there really is no need at all and even with things like a photo shoot prep you you can get in great shape without doing those extremes you really really can um and i guess the last thing i maybe wanted to cover was about training itself in terms of what training should be for you so for me I always liked I'm quite a person of structure and routine and discipline so whenever I've had a training plan it's like well I'm doing that I'm doing that that's what I'm doing and I'm following it and I'm not missing a session and I do think that if you do have a body composition goal you do need to follow a structured training plan you do need to aim to get your sessions in just because ultimately otherwise what's the point but you should be training for fun fulfillment. That's what it should be about. Yes, you've obviously got a physique goal, but you should love what you do in those sessions. You should be excited to go and train. It should be inclusive of exercises that you enjoy and ways of exercising that you enjoy as well. So for example, I've got clients who hate standard cardio with a passion. So we get their cardio in through gym classes and things like that. I've got some clients who hate doing like barbell works we just do all machine work it's all about what is most fun for you but also in line with your goals whereas when you are prepping for a bodybuilding competition yes there is the element of enjoyment because if we didn't enjoy training we we wouldn't we wouldn't prep but the way that we train in terms of the exercises we do the reps that we do it's all very structured around what we need to bring to stage the muscle groups that we need to bring up the areas that we need to focus on it's for a purpose rather than purely for fun if that makes sense whereas for you yes the training is for a purpose but it's the the enjoyment element should be number one without a shadow of a doubt when my clients come to me and like i'm stuck in my training i'm not enjoying it anymore it's like whoa we need a discussion here it isn't a case of well put up and shut up that's what i've given you and that's what's going to get you from a to b so crack on it's a case of okay why aren't we enjoying it have you been doing it for a good amount of weeks and you're just feeling a little bit bored? Um, do you actually not like this style of training? You know, I've had clients who are actually, you know what, I, I'm, I'm sick of this style of training. I don't want to do this anymore. So we've done something else. 
there's so many different ways and means that you can get in shape that aren't just training like a bodybuilder you know there's so many so make sure that you do enjoy your training and don't just copy what we do and think that that's what you need to do to get in shape look at olympic athletes and people who play sports and you know some a lot of them are in really really good shape and they don't train like bodybuilders by any means so yeah i hope this has been quite a good podcast for you because i kind of wish i'd had something like this at the start of my journey just to just to remind myself that the way that i was doing things was okay and that i was doing great things by not being a bodybuilder i was surrounded by bodybuilders i had friends that were prepping and my coach was a, on prep and I was like, what is, is what I'm doing enough? You know, do I need to work harder? Do I need to do this, this and this? And I'm actually, if I had listened to this podcast, I could have gone, actually, you know what? I'm doing great things. And I'd have believed in myself more and just felt a lot more positive about my own process. So do not think that you need to treat your diet and building phases the way that we do. You know, you can enjoy your life a little bit more. You can have more flexibility. And please note that for most of us out there, that the way that we prep is not how we want to live our lives. It's short term, it's not lifestyle by any means. And the way that we want to live our lives long term is is not like that at all. Um, if this has been a good podcast for you, I'd, I'd love to know about it. You know, share it on your Instagram stories, drop me a message. Um, it's a little bit different, this style of podcast. Um, as per usual, anything that you want to hear on the podcast, guests, topics, please let me know because I'm always open for ideas. Um, as I sit down on a Monday and brainstorm what to do, it'd be great to have your input because you guys listen to it. So I want to know what you want to know or who you want to listen to. Um, but this is it for this week. Have yourself a lovely day, a lovely week, whatever the hell you're doing. And I'll catch you on next week's episode.